I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Well, you had the fourth Democratic debate this week. I, I don't know. I, I listened to it twice while driving, and um, I don't really have a lot to talk about as far as their policies go. Uh, they didn't have much to say about policy either, in all actuality. Um, it's it's funny though. Uh, you you get the first question comes up is is about the uh, Ukraine scandal and Trump impeachment. Obviously, they they were going to bring it up. It'd been a hot topic for a couple of weeks, and uh, after seeing these Veritas videos, I'm sure. I'm sure CNN, that's all they've been talking about for the last few weeks. But it's pretty incredible that when given the opportunity and they 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 asked Tulsi Gabbard about impeachment that she stuck to the uh the Ukraine scandal. She didn't, she didn't call out the Hillary Clinton candidacy in 2016 for their coordination with, uh, with the Ukraine. She didn't talk about the two people in the Ukraine that were arrested for meddling in the uh, U.S. election in 2016. She didn't call out Joe Biden at all for his idea of a quid pro quo with Ukraine in order to fire uh, the prosecutor, um, Shokin, I believe is his name, who has been deposed and has, has a sworn testimony in which he states that he was, in fact, moving closer to investigating Joe Biden's role in, in Ukraine and Hunter Biden's role at uh, Burisma. I think it's Burisma. I, I just woke up. I'm still drinking coffee, but I'm pretty sure Burisma is the correct name here. Um, she didn't bring up at all that if you want to impeach Trump that his vetoing of the of Congress's vote to pull troops out of Yemen would be a perfect reason to be um, going after him given it's Congress's constitutional authority to declare war and not the president's. She didn't bring up the fact that the, the continuous destruction of Somalia and Libya without declarations of war is completely unconstitutional and worthy of impeachment. She didn't bring up any of these, any of the 
anti-war non-intervention angles of impeachment in which she could have easily transitioned to rather she said well i don't want it to be a partisan thing well we understand that tulsi but what we don't understand is why you're polling at one percent and you're and you're taking a base hit we don't understand why you're not calling your shot we don't understand why you're not swinging for the fences see the thing is is there's the, if if the quote unquote anti-war candidate wants to mobilize the anti-war crowd, she needs to go full throated and make every issue about being anti-war. When they bring up health care, she needs to mention that cronyism is more deeply embedded into the American psyche than genocide in the Middle East. She needs to mention whenever they bring up immigration, she needs to mention that Biden has admitted his role in um, destabilizing Colombia and Honduras and that if not for the interventions in South America, that the immigration problem and the refugee crisis would be would look a lot different. She needs to mention that we may disagree with the way that countries are conducting their business in South America or in the Middle East or in Africa. But they are sovereign nations and that full spectrum dominance is a failure. And it is a neoconservative Trotskyist plot that has failed for 50 years. She needs to mention that imperialism leads to less liberty and that we are the land of the free and that the brave men and women, her brave brothers and sisters in the armed forces are willing to take their orders from the commander in chief and do whatever is asked of them. But they should not be asked to die for corporate interests. Rather than going along with the same old song and dance that everybody else is going along with. She has to set herself apart. See, because I can get over her fantasy economics due to the fact that Cronyism is more embedded into the American psyche than imperialism. And that just because she gets into office or someone like her gets into office doesn't mean that their economic system is going to be put into place. This, the idea that you're going to elect a Bernie Sanders or a Tulsi Gabbard or 
Elizabeth Warren or any of these people, and you're going to rid the American system, the, the, the healthcare industry, the pharmaceutical companies, you're going to get rid of their profits is insane. It's not going to happen. Not one time in American history has that ever happened. People want to point to the New Deal and say, well, FDR did this. Yeah, well, what FDR did actually was he brought in more cronyism and sold it, propagandized the American public into believing that it was good for the citizenry when it was actually good for the big corporations. So, so I can get over, I can look past these, these quote unquote socialist type of, um, policies because it won't happen. You're not going to dig out the corporate interest out of the American politic in four years, let alone eight years. You're not going to you're not going to rid the the nation, the country of the United States of this this corporatist, you know, idea that is embedded in every aspect of our lives, right? You're, you're not going to get lobbyists out of, out of Washington, D.C. You're not going to, and, and even if you do, like, what do you do? You create another black market. So now all this stuff is happening under the table, behind the scenes. You're not going to get rid of it. These people are bought and sold, right? So, so if you can at least get in there and you can start making some sort of foreign policy changes, then that, that's, what you, that's what you need to do. Now, Julian Castro brought up, which I was applauding, he was the only one who brought up the fact that police violence is gun violence. And I was like, yes, thank you. Why isn't Tulsi Gabbard saying that? You want to get guns out of hands of of civilians? How are they going to defend themselves against a militarized police force that is victimizing them? You want to get you want to get guns out of the hands of civilians when they're watching their, the United States military being used to overthrow countries left and right? What's to make them think that their, their communities aren't going to be militarized and, and controlled in, in such a militarized way? She could easily turn everything back around to foreign policy and uh, – militarism and imperialism whether it's on the world scale on the or on the state level on the community level like hey you know these communities they have tanks the military industrial complex has become so powerful that what they do is they constantly produce military equipment and there's such a surplus that rather than 
rather than stop production, the military just sells these these um, older models to local police forces. So they have tanks and and uh, SWAT gear and possibly even coming soon to a town near you drones I mean how are you, how are you going to feel walking down the street or driving down the road and you see a drone over your head taking pictures you know how scary that is I was driving one time I was going down I was near the border I was coming out of El Paso and I was heading to um Oh, where was I going? I can't even remember. Uh, oh, Laredo. That's where I was going. I was going from El Paso to Laredo. And uh, I'm driving down, I think it's uh, Highway 2, right on the border. And it, what it does is it, as, it, as you're coming out of El Paso, you're following the border. And you're following... <clears throat> the edge of the border all the way down to Laredo. And this was years ago. This was when Obama was still in office. Um, I'm guessing this was about 2012, 2013. And uh, it was freaky, man. I was driving. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm, I'm driving. Oh, excuse me. And I'm driving. Man, I'm sinusing, man. I'm really sorry. Um, and I'm driving down, and there's this, like, flash of fucking light. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And then I'm, I go just a few miles further. And I, it really wasn't even that far. And uh, then there was another flash of light, and it's right in my face. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And a few minutes later, same fucking thing. And when it happened, I was able to see the outline of the drone that was flying along the border, back and forth, taking surveillance photos. I guess that's what it was doing. Or it was just fucking with me and flashing light in my eyes. <clears throat> but it's tripped out, man. And how are you going to feel when your police force is is flying drones over your head taking surveillance photos all the time you know you see there are certain uh there are certain areas um i can't think of one off the top of my head but there are certain areas as a truck driver you'll be you'll be driving down these roads and it's it's two lanes it's one lane each way and it's a main highway there's no shoulder and you'll see a sign and it'll It'll say speed limit enforced by aircraft, you know, and we used to make jokes about how it would be fucking crazy. You're like, you're cruising down the road and a fucking airplane like lands in the middle of the highway and a cop jumps out to write you a ticket. But the truth of the matter is, is they're going to use unmanned drones for shit like that. Now, what, what the fuck is that even? Why is that even necessary? You're on a two lane road, man. People aren't trying to kill each other. You know, they're trying to fucking just get from point A to point B. Right? 
And it's not to say that nobody drives fucking ridiculous. I mean, I'm out on the road. I see people driving fucking ridiculous all the time. But the speed limits in the fucking and the and the and the traffic laws, they don't make a difference. People are going to drive fucking ridiculous if they're going to drive ridiculous. Some people are just irresponsible and they don't give a fuck about a law, right? So, so how fucking creepy is it going to be whenever you get these fucking, it's going to be like those fucking red light cams, right? That were taking pictures of people's fucking, uh, license plates and then fucking sending them the ticket, right? It's like, I just got a fucking, I got a ticket the other day. I didn't even know I was on a fucking, it wasn't a ticket, but a fine, you know, I, uh, I have to pay these tolls through the mail. I didn't even know I was on a toll road. You know, like they don't have it. They didn't have it marked at all. Yet I owe three dollars and sixty four cents for two tolls. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where? You know, that's some creepy shit because I don't I don't even know where I was on a toll road and they're charging me. Who's to say they're not just fuck it charging me? You know. Because they decided that they're going to charge a toll for this stretch of road that's not even marked as a toll road and if they're flying drones overhead just like like taking photos of people's fucking license plates you know like you don't know you don't know what they're doing so so Tulsi's avoidance or or inability to leverage all these, all these policies back to militarization, back to imperialism, back to a lack of liberty. When they start asking about mass shootings and she doesn't bring up, you know, the, the, the mass casualties in other countries, she doesn't bring up the police brutality when they're talking or when they when they ask her about healthcare and she doesn't bring up the corporatist ACA Obamacare that was written by the insurance companies and that that this corporatism isn't going to be weeded out of the American psyche any more than imperialism is like turn everything back around and that's what my problem is with, with Tulsi Gabbard, is she's not swinging for the fences. Look, lady, you're not going to win. You're not. All you can do is try to change minds. All you can do is try to inform people. I understand you want to serve. Well, you should be serving the American people by telling them the truth. When Pete Buttigieg fucking challenged you on the on the debate stage saying that the slaughter of the Kurds is only Donald Trump's fault. Tell him he's full of shit that Operation Timber Sycamore in which the CIA armed ISIS and Saudi Arabia funded ISIS in order to destabilize Syria is the reason that there's a civil war in Syria in the first place. And that it was the United States' fault. But she won't, she's not doing it. She tiptoes right up to the line and then backs off. 
And you got to understand that at a certain point, that's not good enough. And people like me just get tired of it because it's like, we know what's going on. Just point it out. Just point it out. Just give the facts. And if people don't believe you, they can Google it for themselves. When Dan Crenshaw was, was, was on Twitter the other day tweeting about how America's role in Syria uh, isn't America's fault and that America didn't start the fucking war, I posted a New York Times article about Operation Timber Sycamore and I told him he should be briefed more often. You know, he's saying it was cheaper for us to be involved in Syria than it was for us not to be involved in Syria. I'm like, really? Because the CIA dropped a billion dollars to destabilize that that region. That, I mean, that's what happened. So, so if she's out there supposed to be the anti-war candidate, and she is 75% better than every other candidate out there, we, we should at least be able to expect that she's going to fucking stick to her guns and turn everything back around on war and on imperialism and say, look, this is the real problem here. This is the real problem. When, she, when they fucking ask about mass shootings, even if you don't want to bring up the police brutality issue, how about, how about bringing up the Caitlin Johnstone fucking uh, article in which she was was saying that it could be something in the American psyche creating these mass shootings through all these imperialist adventures and and the and the worship of the United States military overseas and the and the murdering of civilians of other nations that we disagree with and that that people are learning by example right they're being showed, hey, the way you handle your business, the way you deal with political opponents is you go over and you murder them. How about that? That could have something to do with it. Could, could she at least turn to that? You know, she, she does great interviews. And as we saw yesterday, when she was called out by Hillary Clinton for being a Russian agent, which is such a bullshit if you don't see through this whole russia narrative that russia is code for anti-imperialist russia is code for anti-war if you do not stand with the military industrial complex if you disagree with cia clandestine operations overseas if you disagree with coups if you disagree with militarism if you disagree with the nsa spying on every american citizen if you disagree with the FBI counterintelligence um, plotting terrorist attacks so that they can fucking arrest some like brain dead, mentally unstable person that had no idea what they were getting involved in and got framed for some terrorist attack. If you disagree with all these things, suddenly you're a Russian agent. Right. So so when Hillary Clinton comes out and calls calls Tulsi Gabbard 
We, she didn't even have the balls to name her. It was one of her spokesperson that actually named who Hillary Clinton was speaking of. Hillary Clinton didn't even have the balls to say Tulsi Gabbard's name. And she calls her a Russian agent, and Tulsi comes out and calls Hillary Clinton out, right? And she did. She swung for the fences on that, calling Hillary Clinton the most corrupt, warmonger politician in the history of fucking democratic politics and i was like fuck yeah and she and then she's like obviously the it's you're the one behind the curtain pulling the strings bullshit she's just another mouthpiece for the military industrial complex she's just another mouthpiece for the pentagon for the cia she's not pulling the strings now it's not stupid to try to make the uh campaign about um uh, Hillary Clinton when when you're when you're Tulsi Gabbard when you're in her position you know she says apparently it's the 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 campaign is between you and me why don't you come out and actually get into the race okay that's fine that's not a bad move because people hate Hillary Clinton and if if you can actually convince people it is a binary then then you're actually doing something. But what you're doing, in effect, as well, is you're going to create enemies out of other candidates, like Andrew Yang. Because now you're basically saying Andrew Yang either doesn't matter or is a proxy of Hillary Clinton, right? Or, or Pete Butt stuff um, is either doesn't matter or he's a proxy of Clinton. And so you're you're lab- you're putting all all the campaigns into one of two categories. Either they don't matter or they're a proxy of Hillary Clinton. And so I don't know if that's the way you win over voters from Elizabeth Warren or from Bernie Sanders, right? But it may work. I don't know. I mean Maybe she was, maybe she got with a PR person and they told her, this is a winning strategy. This is, this is how you get your, your percentage up. We'll see. I don't know. But so, so I understand on, 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 on a certain, to a certain degree, why people are so, um, attracted to Tulsi Gabbard as a candidate but I get frustrated with the with the with the meek responses when 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 I when I see her go on Twitter and just lay out Hillary Clinton just just throw a haymaker like that I'm like, why aren't you doing that on the debate stage? Like, quit with the tiptoeing around the issues. No matter what they ask you, bring it back to the wars. We have less freedom in this country because of the wars. The NSA is spying on us in this country because of the wars. Right? Talk bad about the Patriot Act. 
talk bad about Obama assassinating American citizens. You know, talk bad about Obama signing into law the the uh, like the law that that made it legal for the CIA and the NSA and the DIA and the FBI to propagandize American citizens. Like get into this stuff. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is actually shit that the United States government is doing. They've admitted to doing. So so lay it out there. Tell lay tell the people. I understand you want to be safe. I understand you want to be secure. But by by trying to find greater protections from external threats, you're opening yourself up to become victims internally of a system that is being is is growing out of control. And we need to get the checks and balances back in place in order to make sure that less American citizens are victimized by the state. Let them know that, hey, this militarism is creeping its way onto our streets, into our neighborhoods, into our communities. There are big swaths of the American public that feel like there are occupational regimes, you know, occupying their streets. You, we don't like the militarization and, and the, the, the militarizing of, of Gaza and the West Bank by Israel any more than we like the militarization of the streets of Baltimore or Chicago by the police. We don't like the assassinations of, of American citizens in Yemen any more than we like the assassinations of American citizens in Fort Worth and in Dallas. Right? So, so if she can't, if she continues to refuse to turn these subjects back into what the actual concern should be, which is the freedom aspect, the liberty aspect of what we're discussing and how difficult it's going to be to dig the corporatism out of the American system, to dig the imperialism out of the American system and how embedded it is in our American system. If she doesn't start quoting Smedley Butler or John Flynn or or fucking Daniel Ellsberg for that matter, then we're going to have to wait for it, for somebody who will. Because we need an anti-war candidate with some balls. All right? We need a Tom Woods or a Peter Van Buren. Right? Danny Sherenson. Um, fucking Matthew Ho. One of these guys that will just lay into him and say, no, no, no. This is fucking bullshit. I've seen it from the inside. This is all fucking bullshit. This is only a, this is all a scam to make money. Shit. I've heard fucking Tulsi Gabbard talk about 
being in fucking uh, on one of her tours. I think she was talking about Iraq, and they had banners, Halliburton banners, in the fucking barracks on the fucking base. Why the fuck isn't that being brought up on the debate stage? Why isn't she talking about who's getting enriched by these wars and by these by Q by by quantitative easing? Why isn't she talking about these things? She brings up or she co-signs a bill to audit the Fed, but I haven't heard her say a fucking word on stage about the Federal Reserve. Right? She gets up there and goes for a base hit. She's looking for a quick soundbite. And then you get that quick soundbite like she had against, oh, what's his name? Was it Tim Ryan or whatever his name was? And and that was her best debate moment yet. Well, I don't know. The Kamala Harris moment was pretty good. But it's like she's saving it all up for one one soundbite. Fuck that. Make every fucking question a soundbite. Hit a home run every time. Right? Just go for it. Because... You're not gonna you're not you're not beating Elizabeth Warren. You're not beating Joe Biden. Kamala Harris is still beating you despite what you did to her. So the 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 whole propagandize the propagandizing of the American public of the Democratic Party has has worked. Whether they truly believe you're a Russian asset or an Assad apologist, they question it. You're polling at 1%. Those that are following you, those that, those that want to um, see you become president of the United States are already voting for you in the polls. This is a given. So you have to do something else. And it's really disappointing when I know that you know the difference between Sunni and Shia and the Houthis and fucking the Pashtun and the Taliban. And you know all these different factions and everything that's going on over there. And you won't say it. You won't point it out. You won't get in detail. You won't tell the American people, look, you're being fucking lied to. You're being fucking lied to that Taliban, the Taliban are a bunch of fucking hillbillies in fucking goddamn Afghanistan that that want to protect their nation. And they believe they are a sovereign nation and they don't want to be occupied by a fucking foreign government. And that Al Qaeda could have easily been destroyed within months of the 9-11 attacks had Bush just made a deal with the Taliban to hand over the Al Qaeda leaders. And that Al-Qaeda at the time was, was 400 fucking refugees from other countries, from Saudi Arabia, from Turkey, from Jordan, from all these other countries. They weren't Afghans. They were from other countries. And they had taken refuge in Afghanistan because the central government of Afghanistan wasn't strong enough to weed them out. So the Taliban made a deal with them in order to keep that al-Qaeda from attacking the Pashtuns. And so, but today, 18 years after the war started, 
Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, whatever you want to call them. They keep changing their name. But they're over 40,000 strong. They're all over the place. They're fighting alongside the U.S. and Saudi Arabia and Yemen. They were fighting. The U.S. was funding and training them and arming them in fucking Syria. So, so whatever the U.S. has been doing hasn't been working. And we need to take a really hard look at how we deal with these fucking terrorists and how we deal with these regimes. Because the only thing that was keeping Iraq stable, like it or not, was Saddam Hussein. And he told us, he told us that this, when he was arrested and he was being interrogated by the CIA, he told them, this is going to destabilize the entire country. You don't understand what you just did. And sure enough, Iraq's still a fucking disaster. I mean, we're there fighting again. You know, for the third time in 15 years or whatever. So, so her inability or uh, unwillingness to actually just go for it and to just lay it out there is really, really disturbed, not disturbing, but it's really disheartening. It's like, all right, whatever. This election, fine, whatever. We're going to end up, Trump's going get to get elected for another four years. And we got to hope that he builds off of this, this, this northeastern Syria, uh, moving troops out of northeast Syria, and that he starts fucking uh, pulling troops out of other places too, like Somalia and Libya, Yemen. But I don't have that much hope in that because what wasn't talked about during this whole fucking scandal, at least on a large level – was that as Trump moved 50 special forces operators that were sure to get slaughtered by Turkey if they were to have stayed there, by moving them out of Syria or out of northeastern Syria and getting them out of the line of fire, when he was doing that, he deployed 2,000 more troops to Saudi Arabia to fight this proxy war in Yemen to protect Saudi oil reserves against Iran. That's what it wasn't talked about because nobody cares. Everybody applauds when he bombs somebody or he deploys more troops, but nobody, but, but it's a fucking disaster. If he moves 50, 50 men can't move them. They got to stay there. Their job is to die. That's why they're there. We need them to die. Because if they die, then we get a big war. And that's what we really want. We want a big war. We want to go to war with Turkey and Iran and Russia and China. That's what we want. Maybe North Korea for good measure. That's what we really want. We want another world war. And that's what they're, that's what they're doing. They're trying to push us. Closer to another world war. And Trump, though everybody wants to give him credit and say, well, he has good instincts. 
Maybe. I think good possibility that he's just doing what's politically expedient as far as he sees it. And as long as the elites and the media are attacking him, his base is is good. Right? They're gonna they're gonna back him up no matter what he does. If he's being attacked, they're gonna back him up. So I just I just get frustrated when I know that Tulsi knows what's going on. And she's unwilling to say it. She's unwilling to to make the debates about foreign policy. Because she could destroy everybody on that stage. She could rip all their hearts out on foreign policy. And, but she won't do it. And it's fucking, it's frustrating. I'm watching it and I'm like, no, motherfucker, say this, turn it around on them. You know, when CNN asks you about fucking, about intervention in Syria, be like, well, y'all, y'all were, you were cheering it along with everybody else. You're just as much to blame for this as everybody, which she did to an extent, but then she wanted to make it personal. And y'all call me an Assad apologist. Eh, okay, call him out for that, but stick to your guns, man. Tell him. Y'all are responsible for a genocide in Yemen. Your unwillingness to cover the children being starved to death, the children dying of cholera in Yemen is just making it worse. You know, like, call him out on that. Your unwillingness to cover the slave trade in Libya. Your unwillingness to cover the disaster that is Somalia. Your unwillingness to honestly look at Iraq or Afghanistan. And saying that diplomacy and meeting with the leaders of the Taliban is showing weakness? Well, was it weakness when FDR befriended Stalin? Was that weakness? Was it weakness when Nixon went to China? This is insanity. And just because your sponsors are getting rich off of the murdering of innocent women and children in the Middle East doesn't mean that I have to advocate for it. And that's what she should be saying every fucking question. Yeah, I think healthcare is a big issue, but we're really avoiding the catastrophe that is Yemen. We're really avoiding the catastrophe that is Libya. And nobody wants to call Obama out on this in the Democratic Party, but I'm willing to talk about it. That's what she should be saying. Oh, yeah, y'all are so interested in getting guns off the streets, but you had nothing to say when Obama was selling guns to the cartels of Mexico. That's what she should be saying. 
but she won't. And it's really frustrating. It's really fucking frustrating because she's the only one up there that is willing to point out any of this stuff. And she just won't go far enough. She tiptoes up to the line and then she backs off. And it's like, you know what? Grow a pair or go the fuck home because you're just wasting money and time. So that's all I got to say about this week in fucking Democratic debate and Hillary Clinton versus Tulsi Gabbard and really just my take on Tulsi Gabbard and how frustrating it is that she knows what the fuck's going on and she won't say it. So that's why I fucking give her a hard time. That's why I say I'm disappointed in her. If I were any more disappointed in her, I'd have to call her son. So I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.